David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I'm Elliot Harris. David is out and about, but we have a great show today. We have one guy on it and one guy only, former Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders, University of Southern Mississippi punter, Ray Guy, who is a 2014 inductee to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Long, long overdue, but a great guest so here we go with Ray Guy. Doing good, my friend. Doing good. It's Friday, the sun's shining, and uh, hopefully it'll be a little warmer. <laughs> wait, wait a second. What's your idea of cold? Some of us have been well, spending the winter in the Midwest where it's been nothing but this, snow and single part digits. Here, man, in this part here, that's cold. <laughs> and besides that, my old body, it don't function like it used to, so I've got to at least keep it at a certain warm temperature. Well, well, I remember a guy who didn't have much body fat out there in a Raiders uniform. So, well, some of I didn't have-, have a lot of body fat, and the blood blood flowed pretty good and kept me warm. But uh, you know, over the years, things do change. Have a tendency to change a little bit, <laughs> and uh, I know it's hard for us to make them adjustments. But hey, you got to do what you got to do. How, how does a guy from Georgia end up at Southern Mississippi for college? Oh, that was very easy. I had a had a sister coach that actually played here, uh, you know, back when Pi Van was the uh, head coach. And he just asked me one day about, you know, when I was doing visitations to different schools and all that, would I, you know, like to try Southern Miss? I said, sure. So I came out here one weekend, and, and uh, you know, I just fell in love with the, with the program. I fell in love with the campus and everything about it. And, uh it wasn't uh, it wasn't a hard choice, you know, because I'd get to come right in. Of course, I had to play freshman football then, but you know, it was agreed too that I would actually play baseball too. So uh, it wasn't a hard choice. It was a kind of a small school at that time, probably seven thousand, maybe eight thousand students, and uh, you know, they were on a on a mission. You might want to say to you know, rebuild and, and make Southern's program and school in general uh, bigger and better. And, you know, and I felt like that I could be a part of that. And uh, so I uh, I came to Southern and have no regrets, and I'm still here. Uh, I'm going to work through the athletic department, university, and alumni association, and, you know, giving back and trying to help increase and make it, make it bigger and better than it is now. And, uh, I'm in love and every minute of it. Now, coming out of high school, you got drafted to play baseball. Any temptation to, to follow no, that not sport? Really. Not, not really. I, I guess, and it might sound a little awkward compared to what the younger generation is doing now. You know, that's they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they started at a young age, and they're kind of, 
train themselves and are being trained to, you know, graduate to that, that higher level in athletics. And uh, their goal is, uh, you know, one day to make the pro ranks, and which is a very good, very good way to look at things. You know, that gives you something to shoot for, to work for, and, you know, all that. But I wasn't really, in that case, I wasn't really that, that way. I mean, I enjoy playing anything whatever sport it might be and so I didn't I didn't weigh one against the other or you know uh, kind of compare one to the other against each other you know I just you know took what came and, and went with it because uh, when they uh, came into the high school level you know from baseball Cincinnati did uh, you know and offered me a you know per month uh, per diem or whatever it was then and to play in uh, baseball for them in the summer, and then uh, they said they would actually, you know, pay the part of it to help go to school and all that. But I had already signed a scholarship with Southern, and I just, hey, once I make make that decision and tell somebody I'm going to do something, uh, I'm going to do it because that's the way we we were raised. You know, once you tell somebody that you're going to do something, and you know, you don't back out. You go ahead and fulfill that obligation. So uh, I came to Southern, and and there I said, you know, I was fortunate to play baseball too, and still got drafted the next two years, three years in in college. So, but you know, I made the choice to go with the Raiders because I thought I got a good good deal out of it, and you know, uh, I've never looked back on one way or the other. I mean, I always thought, think about you know what it might have been, you know, if I'd have chosen the. Uh, going towards the baseball route, but, uh, you know, I don't think it had been any difference. I'd have gave it all just in baseball, just like I did in football. Were they offered full scholarships back then in college to uh... – Well, actually, no, they did not from baseball standpoint. Like I said, you know, Southern was a small school, and they didn't have a big budget then. In fact, a lot of the football coaches had to uh, – when they started recruiting, they actually had to pay a lot of that out of their pocket. And then Coach Underwood, uh, who took over, you know, the year I came in, uh, organized what they call the Big Gold Club, which is a booster club type deal where they raise money to help the coaches go out and recruit players and, uh, you know, bring them into Southern and baseball. Uh, I don't think there were really any players that we had. Uh, strictly on a baseball scholarship. They were. I didn't know about it because I didn't inquire about it, but it seems to every year uh, Coach Taylor, who was the baseball coach then, he would actually have trials from, you know, kids on school and things like that, and he picked his uh, his team from that, and uh, we was a scrappy little bunch, I can tell you that. And I meant, but uh, I don't think there's really anybody on a full scholarship in baseball. Were you better a pitcher or a kicker? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was. I mean, I could, I could throw the ball. I mean, I was averaging ninety-eight miles an hour. Well, but I had real good control. I knew exactly where the ball was going. I mean, instead of just rearing back and letting it go, you know. I mean, I could position that ball where I wanted to. And uh, now football, I mean, uh, that was uh, something, you know, extra to do, you know, during the game and during practice because we needed it. 
uh, my key role at Southern was starting free safety. And that's what I played. And, uh, but I happened to be able to do all the kicking phases of it. And so I just continued with it. Never set out to be just a punter. And of course, now we're getting drafted in 73 by the Raiders, you know, as strictly as a punter. Well, I knew my job, uh, even though I was still geared to doing other things, you know, during the course of the game than just kicking. But, you know, I, I, I got myself accustomed to just doing one thing, but I got involved with a lot more. Uh, from the standpoint of winding up being the third string quarterback with the Raiders, uh, I got involved in practice. Uh, I wanted to be involved because that way from in a game situation, uh, I, I mean, I knew what was going on and knew what was going, we were trying to do against certain teams and that kept me more into the game in tune with it. Uh, and I think really too, it, it made me more become more acceptable with the other, you know, older veterans, you know, we had on the team at that time because, you know, that, that I guess they looked at the standpoint of, hey, this kid, this kid is more than just a punter. He's actually a player. He's a punter. And, he's a punter could actually tackle. I mean, that's a rarity because usually they shy away from contact. Who? No, who? Me? No, no, no not, I want to get my head stuck in there. Not you, <laughs> not you, but the, not you, but well, the average punter. Yeah, well, I, I know that. I know that. And, that, you know, of course, that stems from playing defense. And, uh, you know, you're geared to do that, and your body's trained to do that. And it's hard to break something that's been doing something for so many years. Uh, it's hard to do that. But, see, there again, that that made the, the players accept me more because, hey, I'd go out there and bust somebody. I wouldn't shy away from it, believe me, because it made me mad somebody even got a yard return on me. And, uh, so, I mean, I'd do the same thing again if I, if I had, if I was young enough. <laughs> I'd show these young ones how to do something. How did you get started as a punter and a place kicker? Oh, it was just something you did growing up as a, you know, a young, young teenager, not a teenager, but a young kid, about six years old. You know, you're out in the backyard playing around uh, with different balls and depending on what season it was in. Uh, uh, I didn't want to stay in the house, still don't. Uh, I'd rather be outside doing something uh, constructive. So I just go out there a lot of times by myself and, you know, punt in the fields and behind the house and break windows and, you know, all that <laughs> good stuff that kids do and then get, get your butt tore up when Dad got home. <laughs> You know, but it's just something that it, it was a, I guess it would have to do, I, I could give all the credit to the good Lord for giving me all that ability to do anything and and do it well. I don't know if you'd call it a natural or what you might call it, but I was able to understand the the mechanics behind what I was trying to do at that particular time, and I, I understood how to take those mechanics and form them and, and make them a lot easier and a lot better to, to fit me. And uh, that way, I mean, that's just like playing golf. I just picked up a set of golf clubs and started playing. And I finally got it down to a scratch. I said, well, I'm not going to make a living doing it. I'm always putting clubs <laughs> up. But I had accomplished what I was after. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the good Lord was good to me, and he still is. I mean, uh, even though this old body don't move fast anymore, and, 
you know, it takes a lot more Ben Gay at nighttime, and uh, but you know, it works. <laughs> do you think that, do you think there was any other owner other than L. Davis that would have drafted a punter in the first round? Being the running game, uh, I really don't think they would. I really don't think they would. But you know, I was a I was a, a pretty good, uh, inside guy on, on what what the needs were and 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 what the fit would be. And, and you know, you, you got to fill those those gaps in there. You might want to say to where. You know, it, it, it wasn't working, you know, as far as the winning the championships and things. So he would just look at things that a lot of people just kind of, I guess you call it oversight, uh, because somebody on the team played another position, they could do it. Uh, but I, I think Al understood the, the importance of the kicking game. And of course, you look back over the years, the Raiders always have had great special teams. Where it was uh, the kicking game, or it was uh, return. They put a lot of emphasis on that because the importance of a, of a game is determined on the amount of field field position that you gain during the course of the sixty minutes. Whether it's running the ball back on a kickoff or a punt, or or the punter, or, you know, making a long uh, directional uh you know type kick to gain some field position back so it all goes hand in hand and the coach when you joined the raiders was john madden what was his reaction oh, yeah. to 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 seeing i got a punter as a first round draft pick well i think uh you've heard you know a couple times you know through the years john doing interviews uh you know about me and stuff like that you know it, it was a uh he said that's the first time sitting in in the draft and everybody agreed on one thing. First time it was a unanimous decision. So I think I think John understood the importance of that too. And uh but you know, once I, I got with the Raiders and, you know, started, you know, doing the spring practice uh training camps, kicking the ball, well, I mean I don't John told uh, one of the managers, uh, Bobby Romansky, uh, going in to get him a stopwatch, or they brought it out, and it was still in the package, so apparently they'd never used it before. And then he opened the package up, and he was sitting there, and he said, how you work this damn thing? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so maybe that was the first time. I don't know, because, I mean, I was hitting it so high and long and all that. But then the, I guess he come to realize, you know, hey, hey look, we've got us a weapon here. Let's just, you know, find somebody to get on the field to help him uh, control that weapon. And, and we did. We did. We took a lot of pride in it. I took a lot of pride in it. And the guys that uh, were up front protecting me uh, and then covering after the ball was punted, uh, they took a lot of pride in it. And that's why we were so successful all those years and made a lot of playoff games and won a lot of championships and Super Bowls because – that other third part of that, uh, the Raiders were were dominating too. So I mean, it makes a big difference. You had to be good. You were the MVP in that college All Star game. Uh, yeah, uh, which I had forgotten for a while, but uh, <laughs> then I got reminded about it. But uh, you know, there again, I mean, uh, everybody to me is an MVP, regardless of what your position is and what your uh, uh, game plan is or whatever. But, you know, the kickers are, and the punters, too, they are, they are MVPs. It just doesn't get recognized a lot. Uh, I was very proud of that, uh, but I was also proud of the class of 73 
that came out. I mean, if you got Burt Jones there, I mean, God, you got uh, uh, John Hanna, who was, you know, I, every one of those guys on that that All Star team. I think three quarters of them now are are in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. So we, we had a great class that year, and, and we gave the Dolphins fit. You know, they only won six to three. And uh, so that tells you something about the class of 73. Definitely. Did we ever tempted to go up to Madden and tell him, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good safety? Well, yeah, I tried that for two years, and I didn't get no results out of it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in fact, I used to get fussed at. I mean, it, uh out of, and not in the way you really think about it. I mean, he, he kind of, you know, get on to me once in a while, you know, during a game or whatever. But I think, I think all that, that was just a front to look, say, hey, look to the other players. Look, you know, I've got to get on him because he's not supposed to be doing this. But I know deep down inside and I know he'll tell you the same thing. He enjoyed watching me do it too. And, uh, you know, and another, and, and the, uh, the opposing team didn't really like it because now they got to uh, have me accounted for. It. Whereas normally they used to, they didn't have the punters or the kickers uh, when I was doing the kickoffs too, accounted for on that blocking scheme on their return. So they had to put somebody on me. So that made everybody one on one, and uh, of course I always out out did mine. I mean he couldn't hit block me anyway. But, uh, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it, and I know John enjoyed watching it, too. When I think of you punting, I think of hang time. I just think of the ball going up in the air and, and, right. almost, free, and almost freezing up there as it you know, travels downfield. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you've, you've focused on, or is that something that, that just sort of came natural with your kicks? That was natural with the kicks, uh, but I found out ways to – you know, uh, with each punt, you know, as I was a little bit younger growing up, to make it better, because uh, I knew I could probably get it a little bit higher and maybe a little bit longer. So I'd, I'd focus on the the position of the ball and my foot to make it feel better and more solid at impact and all that. But without taking away from the from the real ob- objective, what I was trying to do. Uh, I, I didn't change very very little. I would change or within each punt to make it better. But you know, having that kind of that distance uh, and hang time or, uh, at the same time was it's a natural. It was a natural thing that uh, I was able to uh, able to accomplish all these years. And you know, I was very flexible, and uh, which is you know, I don't. A lot of people have have great talents. They got great ability to do certain things a little bit better than the other things, but yet they, they know how to take them and blend them in in that mix to, to, to make it work better. And I think that's that's one of the deals that, that helped me so much is that I was very flexible and able to get the extension on my leg so far above my head uh, after each punt. And I had people want to know if I took ballet. Hell, I ain't took ballet. You know what it was. You ain't gonna catch me in them dadgum tutus. You know. But uh, no, I was I was I was very fortunate that way too. And it's just that one uh, gift package that the good Lord gave me. Now, in the 1976 Pro Bowl in the, the Louisiana Superdome, you hit yeah. the video screen there. Were, were you aiming for that? 
Well, I, I, I hadn't even thought about it until I walked out there. And, uh, but I mean, I pretty much knew that I could hit it. But, you know, when I walked in, when that game playing, I walked out there and, you know, and I called the whatever we were going to do, which way I was going to punt it and all this and the other 10 guys, they turned and, you know, walked towards the line of scrimmage. Well, I got my, my 15 yards from the, the line of scrimmage there and, and I just happened to be on the two yard line and I was standing there, you know, kind of waiting and everybody gets set and all this. And I just looked up and I said, hmm, I'm at the right angle. I know. I said, I'm going to try this thing to myself. And, uh, I didn't even tell the guys. And then Jim Tunney, you know, you know him. He was a head ref for many years, great friend of mine and great friend of all at the uh, pro football players. He was standing there and I heard him say, Ray, you're going to try this, aren't you? I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but there again now, I mean, trying and, and, and making it happen is two different things. In that, in that situation, you got to have everything just working together. I mean, I mean, you got to, you know, keep yourself under control with your steps. You got to make good, solid contact with your foot. And, but so when I hit it, I mean, I knew I hit it good, believe me. And the ball released from my foot and took off. Uh, well, I just, I always followed it off my foot up to the height of it. And I just kept watching and that ball hadn't even peaked yet. It was still climbing. And I said, uh oh, here we go. And sure enough, the ball hit the top edge of the daggum screen and fell right down. <laughs> so we had to come back and do that again. And, uh, I don't think the players were very happy. <laughs> You know, because majority of the cover team were guys that pretty much on their regular teams never play, you know, punt cover. Right. So they wasn't what you call too happy there, you know. But now here's the funny thing. The second punt, I almost hit it again. And if I'd have hit it again, I'd have just left the Superdome. I, I went to the dressing room got dressed or something. But... uh no, that was just one of those games in a Pro Bowl where it's a fun game. It's a, it's an important game, but yet it's the last game until, you know, the following July and August and all that. And, and the rules are a little bit different. Uh, so I had the opportunity to try that without, you know, technically getting the ball blocked because that's one thing they, they couldn't do. The only time they could really hit me uh, is when I actually fumbled the ball or a bad snap, you know. So I had plenty of time to take my time and hit it, and I, I said, well, let's, let's go for it and see if we can do it. Because now, uh, they, uh, everywhere I go, and that's, that's usually the first thing out of people's mouth, they want to know, did you hit the roof? I said, no, I didn't hit the roof. fishing story. <laughs> you know how fishing stories go. You catch a little bit of right. dinner, and about 25 years later, that sucker looks like a whale. Right. You know, but no, I said, no, you know, yeah, I hit the thing, but uh, I, mom said never to play inside a house anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what was Al Davis like? It seems like the former Raider players love him. No, they did. They were, they were very close to Al. I mean, uh, you know, it's, and, and I'm, I'm kind of this way too, is that you, you read and you hear so much about a lot of people and, uh, but you can't really judge them, basically, until you've been around them and converse with them and talk with them and, and watch them in certain situations to really know 
what the inner, that person is on the inside. Al was a businessman. He was a very smart man. I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted and what to do, and and he knew how to go about doing it. I mean, if he didn't, he he wouldn't be so successful by all those years that he started the Raiders. And and he was very very uh, smart from the legal wise and all that. And you know. It's like anybody in, in a big corporation that has started from basically scratch and gone on to, you know, create a dynasty, you might want to say, uh, whether it's on the professional field of sports or it's in the corporate field of, of work. Uh, there are going to be things that you do that technically may not look legal, uh, the right thing to do or the way to go about doing it. But, you know, it, it, it usually works out. And everybody is, you know, still in the mix and all this. And I'm sure some of the players uh, uh, did not really get along with him or see eye to eye. But what we did in the in those days is that, you know, if you had a if you had a, a gripe or something uh, with the coaches or with the owner or whatever, it was pretty much behind closed doors. I mean, it, it wasn't in the other players' open view and all this stuff and. And they kept it kind of closed because technically that's between them two. Uh, that's like when, you know, players come in or they wanted to renegotiate contracts and all that. Basically nobody else knew what was going on or what they were making because they didn't want to. All we want to do is play. We want to go practice and have a week of practice and go play the game and win. And, uh, that's, I mean, we all still stuck together regardless. And, uh, there was no, you know, inner distinction between the players and all that. We all, we were just like big families. And, uh, you know, we backed each other up, you know, and stuff like that. It's kind of like brothers. You know, you're going to get in a little squabble with, as you were kids, but uh, you get over it. You knock it out or whatever you're going to do, and then you pat each other off, brush each other off, and go to the, go down to the pub and have a beer. You know, so that's just the way we were. We will be back with part two of our interview with Ray Guy after this brief break. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. 